0: Okay, the time has come, we are heading in to Championship Weekend, and you're listening to the Untitled Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Max Lasky, glad you are here wherever and however you may be listening. This could be the most exciting time to be an NFL fan. We got four phenomenal teams ready to vie for a shot to play in the granddaddy of them all. In the dance, the Super Bowl, as my grandfather would like to say, it's the dance of all dances. It's the Super Bowl. It's happening 2 weeks from today and I'm very excited for it. I got a great internship lined up for next week which I will not disclose any information any information on this podcast about that internship until it has passed. So, in 2 weeks time I will tell you all about that internship. But in the meantime, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about on this podcast. As I mentioned, AFC, NFC championship games are happening today to see who goes to the Super Bowl. Last night was WWE's Royal Rumble. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're going to talk about all of the NFL news that has been circulating The internet regarding head coaching gigs, regarding potential retirements. I mean, we got a lot to discuss here today in a very short amount of time because I want to get this out before noon, before kickoff. So with all that being said, let's dive in and we're going to dive right into the all sports news headlines, starting with my Chicago Bears going out and getting a head coach. I don't know if it's a good head coach, but it's a head coach. They have signed former Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus to be the Chicago Bears' new head coach. Ryan Poles, the new GM, says he likes the pairing between the former Colts defensive coordinator and the Chicago Bears. He thinks Matt Eberflus will do big things for the Bears. And I mean, I'm an analyst and I'm going to analyze the situation. This is now our third consecutive defensive coordinator to come in as a head coach. Uh, It didn't work out the previous two times. I'm optimistic because of the fact that the Colts arguably had one of the best defenses in the last five years in the NFL. We need something new. The only reason, and really the sole reason, that this signing rubs me the wrong way is simply because we got a young Not even 21-year-old Justin Fields, quarterback, leading our team. And we didn't give him an offensive head coach. We gave him a defensive head coach. And that tells you something about this Bears front office. It tells you something about the owners. They want to keep that gritty, you know, 1985 Bears defense. They're a defensive team, but I think there's a turning of the guard, a changing of the guard, if you will with the Bears and they're slowly becoming an offensive team so to bring in a defensive coach I don't like but it's Matt Eberflus, which I do like so I'm excited to see what happens I'm excited for the Bears future and I'm excited for next season but I said this to my grandfather on the on the horn today he called me before I went live for the podcast and he said Max what do you think is worst case scenario? Worst case scenario? Look, it takes years for quarterbacks to get acclim- acc- acclimated. Excuse me, in this league, that I understand. Some faster than others: Burrow, Herbert, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. The list can go on. But we got a young Justin Fields. The only way this doesn't work out is if the Bears this offseason make no noise. They don't sign anybody significant. They don't spend an unbelievable amount of money. The Bears are going to go 0-16 and not win a game. That's what's going to happen if we don't spend any money this offseason. I'm excited to see what happens. I think the future is bright for the Bears. They've made some interesting moves this offseason already. I'm excited to see what happens. Next piece of news is the false advertising, the false report of the greatest athlete of all time, Tom Brady, retiring from the sport of football. It was reported early on uh, yesterday morning, Saturday morning, it was reported early yesterday morning that Tom Brady is retiring after 22 years in the NFL. It It was reported by Adam Schefter and... Jeff Darlington. Not even 2 hours after that, Tom Brady Sr., the father of Tom Brady said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. My son has made no decisions on whether or not he's playing next year." Tom Brady then announced that he called Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers front office said, "I'm have not I have not made a decision." This just goes to show you that in life people can say one thing blow it out of proportion make it sound like another i think that's what's happened that's what's happened here i'm not sure what the future holds for tom brady i'm not even sure tom brady knows what the future holds for tom brady so this is one of those moments where we all have to just you know take a back seat and say okay even though he is the greatest athlete of all time he's a public figure In the eye of the public, it would be wise of us as civilians, as human beings, to just keep our mouths shut. Why? Why do I say this? Well, I say this because just because he's a celebrity, just because he's an athlete, just because he's the greatest quarterback of all time, maybe the greatest athlete of all time, doesn't mean we have to treat him differently. He's a human being. He wants to he wants to be treated like a human being. He, you know, this is why, like when I meet celebrities or public figures, like I don't fanboy them because they're they're just like me. They they are just a human being in society, and so essentially, what I'm trying to say here is I don't like the fact that everyone just jumped to conclusions. But you know, because you know, like, oh, it's Tom Brady, but it's up to Tom Brady, and like, he can make those decisions for him. I think he's a, a big boy. I think he's, I think he's more than capable of making these decisions, announcements for himself. So let's just keep our mouths shut, take a step back, hop in the back seat, and just say, all right, we'll wait, Mister Brady. We'll wait to see what you say, not what any of these analysts say who are reporting now false information moving right along. I don't, I just, I'm sorry. I feel bad for Brady. You know, like that's all I can say. I feel bad for him because he didn't get the opportunity to make these decisions himself. Like he had other people report false information for him. And then he has to now feel pressured to make a decision because other people are talking for him. It's not how we as a society should, should operate. The next uh, bit of news I want to talk about is the incredible signing. Now, I would have liked to see this signing from the from the Chicago Bears, but I'm happy for the New York Giants that it that it's going in their favor. The New York Giants have hired as of Friday the now former Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable as their next head coach. Great move. I think Danny Dimes is a terrible quarterback, but hey, People said that about Josh Allen after his first year, and I mean, look what they did with Josh Allen in Buffalo. He's a star. That game last week was one of the best football games, best playoff football games, best games period I've ever seen. Josh Allen did his thing, and so did Mahomes. I mean, but Josh Allen threw to Gabriel Davis for four touchdowns. I mean, this was Josh Allen's game to lose, and he lost it in a phenomenal matchup, which is why the Chiefs will be playing today, but... What I'm trying to say is give Danny Dimes just one more shot. I ragged on him all year. Give the guy one more chance to prove that he's the guy in New York. Maybe Brian will be the guy to give it and help with Daniel Jones and his ability to play football at a high level. They need some offensive weapons. They have Saquon, who's injury prone. They signed Kenny Galladay, who did absolutely nothing this year. Evan Ingram, meh. They don't really got a great, solid O-line. They got a good-ish defense. I think there's a lot of work to be done here with the Giants, but I think the future is definitely bright. They got a lot to look forward to, and I think it's going to happen relatively fast. If they don't do anything with Danny Dimes this year, I think they're going to move on, maybe sign someone in free agency, maybe draft someone. Sure, maybe they'll draft someone this year. I really don't know. I don't know what the future holds for the New York Giants, but I do know this. This head coaching uh, position given to Brian Dable is a great move. I love it. I think Giants fans love it. At least they should love it. It's, the, it's probably the best thing to happen to this football team since Saquon got drafted. I'm excited to see what happens there. Now I want to talk about, as of this morning, this is very, very interesting. The Raiders have always been a very meh, wishy-washy, one day they look like a playoff team, the next day they look like my high school team could beat them type of team. But as of this morning, the Raiders are expected to hire now former Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels as their next head Coach, the two sides are reportedly finally finalizing the contract. But nevertheless, McDaniels is their guy. I think the Raiders just went from a meh team to an extremely scary football team in the AFC. The AFC is already loaded. The AFC North is loaded. The AFC West is loaded. The AFC East is loaded. My great friend Shane Nixon nicknamed the AFC East the AFC Beast because it's it, – besides the Jets, I mean all the teams in the AFC East are, are playoff-caliber teams. So the Raiders go out and they say, hey, Denver might get Rodgers and Adams. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. The Chargers are, are up and coming and they're the Chargers – And sure, we made the playoffs this year, but what are we going to do for our future of this team, for the franchise, for Vegas? And I think they did it. They went out and got Josh McDaniels, the guy who was around for three of Tom Brady's Super Bowl wins. He's been the offensive coordinator for the Patriots for the last five some odd years. Josh McDaniels is as legit as they get as a head coach in the NFL, as a a new head coach in the NFL. I think he's going to be with the Raiders for many years. I see this relationship really panning out for him. It'll be interesting to see who they bring in as the offensive coordinator. Derek Carr is still their quarterback. Josh Jacobs, still their running back. They got a decent defense. This offense just went from, Explosive when they want to be to consistently in football games. I think this is a great signing. I think this is really awesome for the for the Raiders. For the front office. Derek Carr's gotta be happy. I love this signing. Great job, Raiders. A plus in my book. A plus. Bears couldn't do it, so you did. Great job. The last bit of news I want to talk about—it's actually not football news. This is wrestling news. I want to talk about last night WWE 2022 Royal Rumble. I gotta talk about it because look, I'm a I'm a wrestling fan. I've been a wrestling fan since I was three years old. My dad would pick me up from from preschool. He'd ask me how my day was, and he if I responded by saying. I had a great day. He would then follow that by saying, do you want to go get a new wrestling action figure? And here I am now, almost 20 years old, and up in a closet in my room. I got over 300 wrestlers I'll give to my kid one day. Bottom line is, I've been a wrestling fan most, of, most if not my entire life. I fell out of love for wrestling, I would have to say, a couple years back. Uh, and I was talking about it with my dad last night. It wasn't anything I did. It wasn't the fact that I got older. It was the fact that the product just got bad. It just got bad. It changed. It was different. It wasn't as gritty. It wasn't as violent. It wasn't as, it didn't feel as real as it once did. Obviously wrestling is staged. I know that it's entertainment. It's supposed to keep me entertained and that's what it does. It does its job, but until it doesn't do its job, that, that's when I left um, the love and the community of professional wrestling. And then a little company named All Elite Wrestling came around in late 2019. And I've been a wrestling fan ever since. I mainly watch uh, All Elite Wrestling product. I watch their weekly programming. I'll buy their pay-per-views. Whereas WWE, I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown or any of their weekly Programming for years. I kind of just follow it around on social media. And then when there's a big event on, if I got nothing else going on, I'll just sit and watch. So last night was one of those nights. I knew that Brock Lesnar was fighting Bobby Lashley for the WWE title. I saw that Roman Reigns was fighting Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Those obviously interest me. Roman Reigns is on the run of a lifetime. And then, of course, you got the two uh, men and women's Royal Rumble matches. So I'm just going to – honestly, I just want to give my opinion on those four matches, on the booking of those matches. And if you don't want to listen to this part, skip about ten men, ten minutes ahead uh, in this podcast. I'll probably end up talking about this for five or ten minutes. And then we're going to move on to talking about the – AFC and NFC Championship games. So, last night, opening match, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Rollins has kind of been playing this, from what I can understand, this sadistic, Joker-esque character, while Roman Reigns is, as I already mentioned, on the run of a lifetime. He's the tribal chief. He's the head of the table. He's the needle mover. I mean, whatever name... You can think of for Roman, that's him, that that's Roman. He's the longest reigning universal champion. And I believe the fifth longest champion of the modern era going on 500 plus days as universal champion. It was a great match. It was a great match. I loved it. I was very entertained. The storyline was phenomenal. Roman and Seth have history, which we know about. If you're a wrestling fan, you know about. They were part of The Shield with John Moxley a number of years ago. It's kind of how they all got their start in WWE. And then, obviously, Moxley left the company for AEW, and it's kind of just been Roman and Seth. Seth has been playing these mind games, so he came out actually dressed in his Shield attire with the Shield theme song, the, the show started off hot. Don't get me wrong. It was an electric start to this uh, live event. What I didn't like was the ending of the match. And honestly, seeing uh, seeing how the rest of the the event went, this to me laid the groundwork for the rest of the event, for for how the rest of the event was going to go. So basically what happened here is Roman... Uh, kicks out of a pedigree from Seth Rollins. He kicks out of a curb stomp from Seth Rollins. And then immediately puts a some sort of guillotine chokehold on Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins goes to grab the rope, which uh, for those of you that don't watch wrestling, it means he has to break the submission hold. Roman now has to break the submission hold. He doesn't. The ref disqualifies him. Roman then attacks Seth Rollins with a chair, walks out of the ring. Roman Reigns is still the Universal Champion. Now, leave it up to WWE to take a phenomenal match and make a garbage ending out of it. Because that's what it was. I was not happy. As a fan, you just don't like to see those disqualifications. You want to see a clean match with a clean winner, with a clean storyline to where it makes sense. And when you just see all these uh, quote-unquote shenanigans uh, happening... Within a match, it, it takes away from that, the, the fun of the story being told and the outcome that people may or may not expect. So, it for a lack of better terms, it, it sucked. It sucked. It sucked to see a phenomenal match get buried by a terrible finish. And then after that, we had. Excuse me. After that, we had Bobby Lashley take on. Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship in a match that has literally been 15 plus years in the making, probably since before I was born. The match itself was very uh, typical for Brock Lesnar. I felt like it was a fine wrestling match for Brock. And then all of a sudden, just as Brock is about to retain the title, because I thought I originally had thought the angle they were going to work was that Brock was going to retain the title, Roman was going to retain the title, and then at WrestleMania, the two were going to fight for the WWE and Universal Championship. But then I thought, wait, how would that work? Because the winner of the Royal Rumble gets the opportunity to face one of the two world champions at WrestleMania in the main event. So I I sat there and said to myself, well, that's not going to work. And what they ended up doing was not what I expected. It was actually great. What happened was Brock's about to win the match. Roman Reigns comes out of nowhere while the ref is down. The ref didn't see it. Blind to the referee's eye. Roman Reigns spears Brock Lesnar. He then asks Paul Heyman to hand him the WWE Championship To then strike Brock Lesnar across the face with. And Heyman stabs Brock in the back. Bobby Lashley then pins Brock Lesnar clean. Off the Roman Reigns uh, distraction. Wins the match. That's that. I looked at my dad after that. And I said, Dad. I guarantee you. Brock Lesnar is going to walk into the Royal Rumble match, which happened to be the main event. So it hadn't it, the match didn't even happen yet. And I sat there and I said, Dad, Brock Lesnar is going to now walk into the Royal Rumble at number 30. He's going to win the Royal Rumble at number 30. He's going to go and face Roman Reigns for the Universal title at WrestleMania. Fast forward an hour later, we get probably one of the worst Royal Rumbles I've seen in recent memory. Just nothing really memorable about it, to be honest. Not Nothing, there was nothing great. There was nothing that made me go, wow, that was an awesome Royal Rumble match. Nothing. I like Johnny Knoxville. I'm a big fan of the Jackass movies. I'm excited to see Jackass 4. Uh, or Jackass Forever, or whatever they're calling it. So I was excited to see Johnny Knoxville get that little, that moment to shine. I also actually, uh, I'll take that back. There was something really cool I did enjoy. Bad Bunny, who uh, made a, his wrestling debut at SummerSlam. Or was it WrestleMania? It was WrestleMania of last year. He made his debut. He actually killed it. I thought he did a great job. He came out in the Royal Rumble And did his thing. I think he hit Damian Priest with a destroyer. Maybe it was Dolph Ziggler. I don't know. He hit him with a Canadian destroyer. He looked good. So that was fun. But then, number 30, Brock Lesnar. He comes in. It takes him maybe a minute and 30 seconds to literally eliminate every other participant in this Royal Rumble. He then wins the Royal Rumble and the pay-per-view. Or excuse me, the premium event, concludes. It's frustrating for me as a wrestling fan to see stuff like this happen. Why? Well, here's a couple of reasons why. One, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are clearly in a league of their own within the WWE. The problem is, is that they can only fight so many people on the roster So, of course, it was inevitable that we were going to get Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for a championship at WrestleMania for the fifth time. Everyone's seen it before. They're going to do something different with it, I hope. Of course, I'll definitely be watching because it's WrestleMania. It's no longer one night, by the way. I don't know if any of you knew this. They do two nights now. It's a two-night premium event only on Peacock. That was a that was a jab at WWE. I think it's ridiculous. What you know, so so they only got so many people that those two can fight. On top of that, I felt like the women didn't get to shine as much as they should have, as much as they I know that I know they can, that they want. Um, and I think that's just because Vince is sitting back there with Roman and Brock, and you know he he knows he's got gold, and so. Essentially what I'm trying to say is the reason why I go to AEW, the reason why I tune in to AEW every week is because they keep me on my toes. They keep me interested. They I never know what they're going to do next. It's so much more fun to be a, an a, a ref, it's more fun to be a wrestling fan when you don't know what's going to happen. And with WWE, I feel like it's so predictable. It's so expected these days. I just can't find love with it anymore, unfortunately. I love the time I get to spend with my dad while we watch, and that's honestly why I think the both of us do it. Uh, but I can't say I'll be tuning into WWE weekly television or even WWE pay per views um, at all. I mean, I'll tune into WrestleMania and SummerSlam, but that's probably the extent of it. I think that's where I'm at with WWE. All right. Enough wrestling talk. I know that probably bored half of you. I've lost half my audience from that. Oh well. Okay, let's talk about today's championship game starting with the Cincinnati Bengals heading to Arrowhead in Kansas City to take on the Kansas City Chiefs this game. Kicks off at 3 p.m. Eastern time. It's on CBS. You can stream it on Paramount+. The Chiefs are favored by seven. And if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I think I have to look at everything that's happened this year, and I have to say, pause. They need to take a time out and realize that this is not going to be a walk in the park. Joe Burrow and this Bengals team are beyond hungry. Joe Burrow has broken almost every Cincinnati Bengals quarterback record this season. He's uh, he's got he's broke both streaks uh, in the playoffs: the longest streak without winning a playoff game and the longest streak without going to a championship game. He broke both of those. The LSU connection between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is unlike anything I've ever seen in professional sports. They're killing it. Joe Mixon has been an unbelievable running back all year. I said it earlier in the year. He's been phenomenal. He's just just so dominant, running through defenses, left and right. Granted, the Chiefs have a good defense this year. And if you don't remember, it was week 17 that the Bengals beat the Chiefs 34-31. It was just a classic game. Evan McPherson kicked the ending field goal, the walk-off field goal. Classic game. I actually picked the Bengals to win that day. And unfortunately, this time around, I'm going to have to pick the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs, in my opinion, uh, they're winning the Super Bowl. That's my Super Bowl pick with these Final Four teams. The Chiefs, after what they did with, with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills last week, You can't look at this team and say that they're not winning the Super Bowl. Josh Allen gave Mahomes 13 seconds to score a touchdown to tie the game to go to overtime. And Mahomes proved to the entire world that 13 seconds was way too much time. Because he got down there with three seconds left on the clock. Kicks, or excuse me, punches it in for a touchdown. They win the football game. I mean, it was unbelievable. Tyron Matthew is active tonight. He was removed from the injury list, and Tyron Matthew's a go. He's going to play today, and that's a big asset for this Kansas City defense. It's going to be a really tough, gritty game. I think it's going to be just as tight as that last one that they played in Week 17. So I'm going to go ahead and say, being that the Bengals beat them 34-31 last time, I'm going to go ahead and say that The Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the AFC. They're going to go to the Super Bowl, and they are going to go by a score of 38-31. to Kansas City wins the football game. And then the only other game today, if I'm a Rams fan, I would be petrified. The San Francisco 49ers are going to march into SoFi Stadium at 6.40 p.m. Eastern time today to face the Los Angeles Rams on Fox. You can also try and stream it on FUBU TV for free. But this game, if I'm the Rams, I am scared. Now, I don't really want to talk about what the Rams did in terms of not allowing 49er fans to purchase tickets for this game. I thought that was pretty messed up, uh, being that the Rams and the 49ers played just a couple weeks back in the regular season, and it was a 49er home game at SoFi, and I think that's the main reason why they did that. Um, I can't say I agree with it, but that's why they did it, and that's why uh, it's not not a good look for the Rams, uh, preventing people from... Purchasing tickets to a game. It's, I mean, hey, Rams, if you want to make money, I mean, you're just throwing dollars out the window. That's all I really have to say about that. They're throwing dollar signs out the window. Uh, The Rams are favored by three and a half in this game. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. The last six times the 49ers and the Rams have met, the 49ers have beaten them all six times. Kyle Shanahan has Sean McVay's number. And it's that simple. Sean McVay can't beat Kyle Shanahan. And that's what this game is going to come down to. Matt Stafford is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. The Rams have a better D-line and O-line than the 49ers, even though the 49ers have a great defense, not discrediting that. I think even though the 49ers have Debo and they have George Kittle, the people's tight end. I think the Rams have better offensive weapons. They got Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, Cam Akers, who literally made the most miraculous return of all time in a from an Achilles injury in just five and a half short months. So yeah, I would I would you know looking at it all on paper, I would say it's the Rams' game to lose. But I got to be honest with you. I'm going 49ers. I'm taking the 49ers all day in this game. They're going to win this football game. They're going to shock the world. And it's going to be a rematch of a Super Bowl that we saw just a couple years ago in Miami when Jimmy Garoppolo won his first world, or excuse me, when Patrick Mahomes won his first world title, got his first ring. I think we're going to see a repeat of that Super Bowl with the same outcome. And that's all I got to say about it. That's, that's bottom line. That's how it's going to go. Rams lose. 49ers win this one. I think it's going to be relatively a close battle. I'm going to go 24-14. 49ers win the NFC. And I think that's where I'm going to cut it today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. If you like what you heard, tell a friend. Tell a family member. I appreciate each and every one of you so much. I'm so excited. I'm starting to get some college acceptances back, ready to see where I'm going to go and take this podcast and take my life next year, further my education at a great school so that I can perfect this and make this my thing. Podcasting, sports broadcasting, color commentary, play-by-play, you name it. I want it. That's, That's what I want to do. So I'm excited. I'm excited for these games and I can't thank you all enough. Uh, Again, if you like what you heard, tell a friend, I'd really appreciate it. And I just love that I get to do this every week. Uh, It'll get easier to put these out in a couple of weeks uh, when the semester starts, I'm just taking a winter class. I got a lot of application stuff going on. So it's a bit tough to get these out in a timely order, in a timely fashion, but we got some great things to look forward to in the future. So I can't thank you enough. Please uh, leave a comment, leave a review. I kind of want to see some reviews. If you if you listen to the podcast, leave a, leave a review. I'd love to hear it. I'd just love to hear what you have to say about the podcast. Um, and I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm excited to see what we do moving forward. And, yeah, I, I really just can't thank you all enough. Uh, again, I'm your host, Max Lasky. This has been another episode of the Untitled Sports Podcast. Peace and love, everyone. We'll see you next time.